order in the court. It's time for Understanding the Law Radio. Well, hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Peter Lamont. And I am the co-host, Brendan. Welcome, Brendan. How are you? I'm good. I have a secret. Do you? I'm would you not like to trade you. that secret with me? <laughs> I would uh, not. I was going to go for a different kind of intro. Okay. I was going to say, I am feeling real tired, but you know what I've got for that? A bang energy. Uh, you were going to go just, but, but see, nobody would have known what you were introing. Well, Jerry, okay. Except so for me. Do you remember a couple months ago, or actually, might have even been a year ago. It was a while ago. Man, how the time flies. I got to stop drinking Bang Energy, right? It's making me forget things. Uh, we talked about Bang versus Monster Energy and how Bang Energy uh, was completely ripped off by Monster and how it was this crazy back and forth. And we talked about the crazy CEO, Jack Oak, who constantly looks like he has had too much Bang Energy to drink in every one of his pictures. Yeah, yeah. Well... There's been new developments, hasn't there? Yeah, well, that's that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about this new development. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about trade secrets. Trade and secrets. What you know, what you need to know if you're a business, if you're not a business, you know, you're an employee about trade secrets and things like that. So right. Monster Energy um, just won their second lawsuit against Bang Energy, and they managed to 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 sue them. Did they? And recover or get a judgment. $468 million in a month. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. The jury awarded Monster $272 million for false advertising. This is against Bang. $18 million on claims that Bang interfered with its contract with retailers for prominent shelf spaces. So, tortious interference. We've talked about that in other episodes. And $3 million on claims that Bang stole trade secrets from former Monster employees that it recruited. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So you've got $3 million in a jury award attributed to the fact that Bang mm-hmm. hired former Monster employees and then took the trade secrets that they had, the information that they garnered from their time as an employee of Monster, and used it to help Bang. Really? Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. I mean, Bang, you, you mentioned the fact that the guy always looks like he's, like, way too yeah. hyped up. There was just, a, a, I can't remember, he spoke at something very recently, and he came out with a, a, a monster or a Bang energy in his hand, and he's like, I am energy, and he was going crazy, and the people were like, oh, my God, what, what's wrong with this guy? You know, the thing with this energy thing is he's got to either be on something else or, <laughs> or it's an act because... Yeah. You and I have both talked about the fact that we have consumed yeah, energy drinks. All right, and yeah. You know, if you are very sensitive to caffeine or you haven't had an energy drink in a long time and you you have a very caffeinated um, beverage, yeah, you get a little something. But there is no way that you are so hyped up insane mm-hmm. for so prolonged a period of time. Yeah, let me let me tell you. Let me tell you. Back in my day, there was a point in time in my life where I drink a Monster Energy every day, and it was great until it wasn't anymore. And then I'd drink two Monster Energies every day, and then it was great until it wasn't anymore. And then I'd start to drink three, and I was like, okay, wait a minute, this is getting too far. And I stopped drinking Monster Energy, and I started drinking coffee. And the coffee was like, oh, this is great. 
But then eventually I needed to drink two coffees, and then eventually it became three coffees, and now it's like I'll forget it all. I've started drinking sparkling water. Although now I'm having a sparkling water with caffeine in it <laughs> sitting here. My day. It's very good. Well, here's the thing. But, with- but I want to I add, ahead, okay, right, you, go you know ahead. what? This is completely, mostly unrelated. Have you ever, do you, do you know who um, Rob Bailey is? Yeah, I know Rob Bailey. So I got this powder from Rob Bailey. It was called like Unlimited or Unhinged or something or Infinite. Something stupid like that. Onward. Oh, my God. Onward. Oh, my God. It was the most disgusting thing I have ever drank. Now, listen, Rob Bailey, if you're listening, we'd still like you on the podcast. I, I don't know who he is, but I know that he has Onward. It was so disgusting. It was. It did not caffeinate me. I think it made me lethargic. All right. I was sitting down. I was so tired. I was so grossed out. I felt it streaming through my 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 veins. Awful, awful. So you couldn't and you know move what? onward. It could, I couldn't move onward. And I know you're like, oh, what's he talking about? He's complaining about someone. This has been in my in my mind for over a year now. Okay, I had to get this out. Uh, but also. It could be because we drank too much energy. I could be because I had had too much energy drinks prior to Onward, and Onward was just not the kick that I thought it would be. Maybe. And but, I think that's why we circle back here. You know, again, sorry, Onward, but I think you suck. <laughs> uh, circle back here. The Bang Energy guy, it's probably an act. Well, that's the thing, because if for me, and I know everybody's different, right? Mm-hmm. But for me, if I have too much caffeine, I actually get tired. Yeah. Right, it has this reverse effect on me. Where if I've if I've had you know fifteen cups of coffee that day, I'm beat. Like I'm I'm yeah I'm not hyped up anymore. Like, no, there's a point where you just don't you know you, you get hyped up and then you're yeah. done. Yeah, you are shot. So anyway, um, that was just about him. But we're going to talk about trade secrets and and let's talk a little bit about what a trade secret is. Yes. So trade secrets refer to information that is generally not known to the public about a company, okay? Okay. Um, and and companies, they work hard to try to maintain or protect their trade secrets. Some of it is about economics or how, how they, you know, how much money they have or what they're doing with their money. But some of it, it's about their processes. Like mm-hmm. a trade secret is maybe how they would formulate something. Coca-Cola, for example, trade secret. Um, or how they they do a particular process. So that's something that is very important to every company because every company is different unless you're a company that just copies off of another company and then gets all hyped up about it. But anyway, um, that's what a trade secret is. So it really is, the, the, the formal definition is any formula process, design, pattern, or commercial method that's not known or readily ascertainable by the general public and is subject to efforts to keep it secret. So that encompasses a wide group. And then the examples that we were talking about, things like the recipes for Coke, for Pepsi, um, things like maybe the formula for uh, WD-40 or Google search engine algorithm. That's, that's a, a perfect example of yeah. a trade secret. Advertising strategies, marketing techniques, um, plans, designs, patterns, devices, software, products. All these things are trade secrets. Unannounced business relationships and opportunities with other companies. Like let's say you're going to have a collab with somebody. You you might want to keep that secret because it's going to, you know, if, if, you, if, it, if it leaks, right? Yeah. 
it's going to deflate things and you maybe not make enough uh, money or, or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. So those are trade secrets and those are the, the types of secrets that companies want to protect because it's important to them. Yeah. So in order to be a trade secret, you've got to be commercially valuable. It can't be known or readily ascertainable. It needs to create or embody a competitive edge. Mm -hmm. And there needs to be some effort to keep it secret. So that's how you determine in court if it's a trade secret. All right. So I have a question for you. Okay. What's the difference between a trade secret and just general knowledge about a topic? Like if, you know, if I figured out a way to put the chocolate on the conveyor belt faster than I Love Lucy did... Would that be considered yeah, a trade secret? That's one of secret? my favorite episodes. As if, you, is mine. if you don't know what we're talking about, I Love Lucy, right? Iconic television show. And she gets a job. I don't remember if it was for extra money for something, Christmas or whatever. She and Ethel get a job at a chocolate factory. And their job is to put the, the chocolate in a wrapper. And as the conveyor belt starts, like it starts coming mm-hmm. faster and faster. And Lucy is too slow, so she starts shoving the chocolate in her mouth. I, I it's one of my favorite yeah. episodes. Yeah. So I also right. like the one where she's promoting Vitamita Vegemin. Yeah. Which yeah. I remember to this day because I thought it was very funny. It is funny. All right. So to answer your question, what is the difference between what's the difference? General because, knowledge. Because yeah, like a trade secret. What if I figured out on my own how to make Coca Cola? Right. I mean, maybe that's a bad example. But like I said, <laughs> <laughs> like. I don't think I'm going to discover that anytime soon. But like I said, like, what if I figured out a way to make the conveyor belt go faster than I Love Lucy did to make it work better? Would that be considered a trade secret? All right. So I, I it's a good question because that's a common um, sort of, of of confusion over, mm-hmm. you know, can you can you sue me, right, a former employee because I came up with this idea of how to be more efficient based on what I learned in my other job is that a trade secret and i and you've got to go back to those four points so number one your your knowledge for example let's say that you work at a, at a chocolate factory mm-hmm. and you saw the trouble that lucy had you're working there you're working there right with her and you're like ah oh, man this conveyor belt that everybody uses is just not good because there's no speed adjustment right so you go to another job you're, you're at somebody else's chocolate factory and you're like, hey, listen, I, I know from experience that these conveyor belts don't work this this way. So here's my idea. Either we put different people in the conveyor belt line to make it easier. Yeah. Or we, you know, right. So that's what you're talking about. So number one, is is your information commercially valuable? Is is the secret, right? Right. Commercially valuable. Well, yeah, it's commercially valuable. Is it not known or readily ascertainable? Well, no, you well, observed right. it. Yeah, I, you, you were like anybody right. could do it, right? Yeah. Anybody could stand there and look at it and say something's amiss here with yeah. the chocolate factory. So it's not readily uh, ascertainable, or it, it, is, sorry, readily it is ascertainable. Right. It is re- readily ascertainable. It, it is something that can be known. Um, does it create? A competitive advantage? Not really, because it's there for everybody to be seen. And and is that something that you, they would try to keep quiet, right? You can't look at my conveyor belt, right? This is top secret. Now, in some instances, maybe yes. Mm-hmm. But in your case, 
general knowledge is is really what you would you would have. Yeah. So Massachusetts in particular, all, all the states have, but Massachusetts has a very good court um, ruling on the limitation of trade secret protection when there's a departing employee. So whether or not he can use his general skill or knowledge acquired during the course of his employment or not. So this doctrine, which has been around in Massachusetts since 1912, there were trade secrets before 1912, uh, provides that an employer may not claim trade secret protection over an employee's general skill or knowledge, regardless of whether the employee developed it prior to or during his employment. So by limiting this type of information that an employer can protect as trade secrets, the general skill or knowledge rule effectuates the public interest in labor mobility, promotes the employee's freedom to practice a profession, and freedom of competition. The rule applies both when a former employee sues a former employer or a former employer sues a former employee for misappropriation, um, and when an employer seeks to enforce post-employment restrictive covenants like non-competition agreements. Mm -hmm. So there's a distinction between trade secret secrets and general skill and knowledge. Okay, I get that. And it's not something that there's a legal test for, for yeah. example. It's on a case-by-case -case basis. But so, so can I give you a, a real-world example? Sure. That actually does happen to me. So I worked at an ice cream parlor once. Um, I didn't like it. I hated it. Scoops Ahoy? No, it's not Scoops Ahoy. Okay. Uh, I didn't like uh, my boss. Um, he made me very nervous. All right, this was a while ago. He made me very nervous, so anxious. And one day, one day I messed up a cake. And out of fear that he would be angry with me, I purchased the cake for myself and ate it all so that there was no <laughs> issue. Wait a minute. Wait, all right. <laughs> So you purchased the cake. So, I so get. I, I was who told you to eat it all? Well, no. <laughs> that was step two. So there was no evidence. I this look. This this is a while ago. Okay. Did you eat it there? No, no, no. I don't remember. I don't think so. Look, this was this was a while ago. Okay. Okay. It was back in my early days of of the working life. <laughs> okay. And I and I went here and I was like, I'm gonna serve ice cream. And the guy's like, you can eat as much ice cream as you want while you're here. That's the rule. Except he got upset with me because apparently I ate too much. And one day he says to me, What are you have anything to eat? And I was like, No, I think I'm gonna eat some ice cream. He was like, That's what I was afraid of. I was like, Whoa. But this guy made me nervous because every time I was there, something would go wrong. Uh and you know, the the soft serve machine is exploding. There were flies. There was an infestation of flies one day out of nowhere. And it was only when I was there. I had nothing to do with it ever. So this guy made me super nervous all the time. And one day I was uh, icing a cake and I had to say happy birthday, something, something. And I messed it up so bad that I dumped sprinkles on top of it. But then it just made it look awful. And I was like, oh, what do I do? So I purchased the cake and ate it and no one had to know about it. Uh, did you eat it there? I did eat a lot of it there. But, but. That's not the point, all right? You're, you're missing the point of the Where's story. Where's the trade My secret? My point, yeah, the, tra <laughs> the trade secret is I saw, I got a bit of a tangent there, all right? Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm releasing my feelings today about Onward, about yeah. my ice cream job experience. Uh, at the, I learned how he does things. I learned what he could improve on. I saw the many things he did that were less than good. I could honestly write you a list 
of 20 things I would improve in my own ice cream place. Could I theoretically... Do you have an ice cream place? No. Okay. But could I theoretically open an ice cream place in my same town, same location, a slightly, but you know, near to the original store, and employ my knowledge now that I've worked there and saw how he does things to make my store better? Like, for example, these are not actually the the things. You know, these are just examples. I don't want to harass this guy's ice cream store anymore, but... I would have a better flavor selection, you know, a constant stream of new flavors that come in, things like that. Little things, you know, a better tech system behind the scenes. You know, I'd accept all kinds of different payment, you know. These are just examples, but would that be considered a trade secret because I worked at this guy's store and then employed the knowledge that I had about his store to make my own that's infinitely better? Well, what do you think? I'm going to say no. Yeah, no, because none of that is protected. Now, look, if you took his vendor list. Right, right. Or something like, let's say that he had a proprietary ice cream flavor. He made, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know, um, uh, cotton candy flavor ball explosion ice cream. Okay. Okay. That's not something that you can go out in the store and get. And you yeah. know that he took cotton candy and then he used Pop Rocks and he'd fill the the, the Pop Rocks in the ice cream. With a, and, specific, with a specific ingredient. Right. Yeah. And, and he did it with, like, this is the ratio of Pop Rocks, Rocks to ice cream. Yeah. If you took that and mm-hmm. stole that, that would potentially, arguably, be a trade secret. Now, again, right. he'd have to to try to protect that in order to hit those prongs of that test. Okay. But arguably you would have done something wrong there. But now what if you say, Hey, look, this guy used pop rocks in, in his ice cream for cotton candy. What if, what if I, you know, make vanilla ice cream, put pop pop rocks in it and call it something different and different ratio. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's not necessarily proprietary. Right. So right? that's, so that's, and and you observing what somebody is doing in their business that you could do better, yeah, that is not a trade easily secret. acquirable knowledge, right? exactly, yeah, easily right. attainable. Now, I I think what uh, what it seems to be coming down to for me is that you hated the ice cream place, yeah, hated and the ice onward. cream place, and the energy drink. No, uh, it seems like trade secrets are only considered trade secrets usually when it involves something like a secret recipe. Or a specific list of, you know, people, vendors, like you said, or or clients, or yes, a a formula of some sort, or a specific, you know, blueprint to run a business a certain way. Remember what we said. It's a formula process design pattern or commercial method that's not known or readily ascertainable by the general public and is subject to efforts to keep it secret. Right. You have to hit all those those something So something like, hey, I work at the pizza place and they use poor ingredients. I'm going to use better ingredients. Not Not, considered. Not a trade secret. Right. Right. As a matter of fact, if you do find that pizza place, please tell me because I don't want to go there because I don't want pizza with poor ingredients. Okay. You know, funny story. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We're going off on a whole lot of tangents today. So my wife went into this pizza place the other day that we normally order from. Yeah. And I've never stepped foot in it because we just started ordering from them, I guess, during COVID. Yeah. And pizza was pretty good. So she went into the pizza place yesterday to pick up my younger son, just a slice of pizza. 
And she she called me and she's like, I don't think we're going to order from them anymore. I said, why? She said, it's so dirty. In oh, here. no. Right? That's not good. Right? Like all this time I've been eating their pizza from delivery, except I got to tell you, the last few weeks it's been cold. We oh, get man. pizza like once a week. It's been coming cold and now I know what the deal is. It's dirty and they probably are understaffed. Yeah. This has nothing to do with trade secrets. Nope. It is just simply a rant. If you have the right to, to just go nuts <laughs> on, on. Yeah, we're airing our feelings today. There we go. Yeah. So, all right. So uh, that's really, you know, the the legal part that you got to take away from this. But there are some funny trade secret lawsuits out there we want to talk about. Yes. We have some. Some. I, I mean, I guess the word funny. Not funny. It, I, I, Entertaining. Don't I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Interesting. It's not like funny. You're not so, gonna laugh. Well, you might. You could. But you you could laugh. I you guess. Could laugh. Well, uh, as the Chicago Tribune reports, popcorn maker Caramel Crisp has filed a federal suit claiming that one of its ex employees heisted five thousand top secret files that put its secret recipes at risk. So this small popcorn company, or uh, it's known as Garrett Popcorn. I don't actually know how small it is. Uh, its popcorn recipes were only available to three employees, each of whom had to verify their identities with a biometric thumbprint for access. Wow. And one of these three former employees got their hands on information about recipes, batch pricing, product weights, and product production processes, and shared them via email with competitors. So there's something that might seem like how important could a single popcorn company's you know, recipes and stuff be, but there it is, you know? And that goes back to that point that we were talking about, right? Process, formula, design, pattern, commercial method. Mm -hmm. Not regularly, you know, or readily ascertainable or known. So here's some more, though. I have some more. Okay. Before you, before you. By the way, I didn't laugh at the popcorn one. Didn't laugh. Okay. Uh, A man named Walter Liu stole trade secrets from DuPont. DuPont. Yeah, DuPont. DuPont. Stole trade secrets from DuPont. Relating to the production of the chemical titanium dioxide, which is used to make the cream and Oreo cookies brilliantly white. Well, that is very scary when you think about yep. a chemical in yep. Oreo cookies. I wonder what the real color is. So what happens in the fall when they make the orange-filled Oreo cookies? Different titanium dioxide. What the hell is titanium dioxide? What they put in the Oreos. <laughs> he was caught, and he's serving a 15-year prison sentence. Wow. Imagine that. 15 years. Crazy. Wow. Here's another one. A Hooters competitor allegedly stole a blueprint used to recruit and retain Hooters girls. What? How? They have a blueprint, a blueprint for that? They have a whole process, apparently. What does this blueprint look like? How I curvy is it? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's slightly crazy. I, I would be... Well, it is a formula. Concerned. It's a process, right? They, now, I don't know what that process entails. Yeah, exactly. I would really be interested in seeing this blueprint. I document. don't know if I'd be interested in seeing it. I, this is this has piqued my interest. I am very curious <laughs> as to what could possibly be in know. this blueprint. I don't know. Here's another one. A Columbia Sportswear employee shared trade secrets, including blueprints for a pairs of electro clogs with, uh, as this website claims... Universally hated footwear purveyor Crocs. I don't hate Crocs. I don't hate Crocs either. Why do people hate Crocs? I don't know. I do not know. However, you know, those were some those were some interesting ones. I've got ten of the most famous ones. Okay. Hit me up. Kentucky fried chicken. Finger licking good. Yeah. The secret 
The secret ingredients for KFC's recipe were originally kept in Colonel Sanders' head. He eventually wrote the recipe down, and the original handwritten copy is in a safe in Kentucky. Only a few select employees know the recipe, and they are bound by a confidentiality agreement. Two separate companies blend a portion of the herb and spice mixture. Then it is automatically processed to standardize the blending before it is sent to the restaurants. There are rumors of other requirements about the secret recipe. One says when KFC updates its security systems, the recipe is temporarily moved to secure location in an armored car. What? <laughs> Escorted by a high-security motorcade. This is like the president of the United States. Yeah. So this that was not specifically about a, an incident that happened, but it just goes to show how insane the protection is over the KFC recipe. Wow. Here's here's one that, that did happen. Coca-Cola made a choice to brand the recipe a trade secret instead of patenting it, which would have led to the disclosure of the ingredients. Since one of those ingredients may have been cocaine, Coca-Cola decided to keep the recipe as confidential information. <laughs> the trade secret has spawned rumors of its own, including that it contains bugs and insects. In case you doubt it, as this, as this website claims, corporate espionage is real. In 2006, an employee and two accomplices stole the formula and tried to sell it to Pepsi. Pepsi blew the whistle and let Coke officials know what was happening. Wow. The employees were and friends were arrested. Makes me feel good about Pepsi, right? Yeah. They were like, hey, we're going to be honest. Yeah, that's that's very interesting, right? I mean, I'm I'm shocked that they did that. I am too. But now I like Pepsi even better. Although I am a Coke drinker. Although, you know what? I don't even care, really. I'd drink whatever. Pepsi, Coke. Yeah. I think I would prefer Coke, but I'd drink Pepsi. I prefer sparkling water. I don't discriminate. Not wow. bang energy? No. Okay. Here's uh, one for Listerine. Listerine is, um, you know Listerine. It's the mouthwash. Of course I know Listerine. The inventor licensed the secret formula to Lambert Pharmaceuticals. Lambert, now Pfizer, made royalty payments for the investor's family for over 70 years, even though the formula was revealed during that time. Pfizer tried to stop payments after paying over $22 million that for a formula that was no longer a secret. It sued, saying it was no longer responsible for licensing fees. The court ruled that the contract did not stipulate that payments could be stopped if the trade secret was legitimately discovered by others, especially since Pfizer had acquired the formula when it was still secret and derived competitive advantage from it. Wow. Yeah. So that's interesting, right? Yeah. So I think that these are a bunch of examples of trade secrets, right, that are that are heavily protected. As opposed to what you were describing, that was not a trade secret by right. observing what was done right, or not right. done at the uh And I think the Listerine place. one is specifically interesting because yeah. the formula was revealed, but they were still gaining advantage from knowing it. Yeah. Now, I, I think... I think it's interesting, Coca-Cola, if that had been revealed to Pepsi and Pepsi had purchased it, could they have been in trouble for using the trade secret? I would think so, yeah. It would, who would be in trouble? The person who sold it to them, Pepsi? Well, I think it's, it's like the equivalent of receiving stolen property. If you right. know that something was obtained illegally and now you use it, you know, you could bear some liability for your use of it. Right. You know? So, yeah. and I and I think that um, it's probably another another issue. Another issue before we before we continue talking, Apple suit, filed a suit in federal court in San Jose against its former employee Simon Lancaster 
for trade secret theft. The lawsuit alleges that Lancaster worked for Apple until November 1st, 2019 as an advanced materials lead and product design architect. Uh, And they claim that he was tasked with evaluating materials and prototyping innovations to enable future generations of products, just, you know, whatever. But they claim that he uh, divulged certain secret information to an unnamed journalist and media correspondent who allegedly provided Lancaster with certain benefits in exchange for the information. And they claim, again, that he may be continuing to use his information on behalf of his new employer, an unnamed Apple vendor. So in this specific case, we don't have the Apple secret formula. Right. You know, it's not like the iPhone code. Right. It's just a general knowledge of Apple's materials and what they use in certain product specifications that this guy is yeah. selling to journalists. But again, it's, uh, it's um, you know, when you talk about having particular mm-hmm. uh, materials and, and, and things like that, that yeah. does constitute... A trade secret, especially right. if they try to protect it, just like we talked about. Yeah. So I I think that um, it's it's an interesting topic because of the fact that everybody probably has the same question that you do with regard to if I mm-hmm. work for a company, what constitutes trade secret as opposed to just something that I, I learned. Yeah. And I, I think it's I, it's a good question that you asked, and I think it's very important for people to understand. It's not as though, you know, um, everything you learn or see or observe is a trade secret. It's got to right. fall into those specific categories. So um, I thought it was a good question, and hopefully that that helps people understand a little bit better what's a trade secret, what's not. Yeah. And, and also maybe dissuade some people who might have access to trade secrets, even if you're not under a non-disclosure uh, agreement. I mean, you know, you, you could face liability by yeah. a company suing you, so you got to be mm-hmm. careful with it. So, But I, I think that, um, you know, with, with things like Bang Energy and that monster lawsuit that we started the show off with and, and the $3 million attributed to uh, or, or awarded for, um, you know, bringing in employees who have trade secrets that that should be a warning to both employers and yep. employees. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't want you going out and selling any trade secrets about onward to anybody just in or case. Or one of those ice cream flavors. <laughs> yeah. Yes, make your own. You know, make actually, you know, actually, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to add one more aside here. I think that guy was stealing trade secrets because he had what he called well, you know, I think that's too I think that's too too much of an obvious did reference. It, did it sound he like off the another, blizzard? Okay. He ripped off the blizzard by naming it something very similar to the blizzard. The gizzard? It's something like that. <laughs> and it was literally a blizzard. And he made it the same exact way. So he may have been a trade secret stealer. Oh, we or, don't or, or know do you that not with consider, certainty. Do you not consider that a trade secret? I don't know. It, it could be like the Pop Rocks example I gave, or it could be not. It could be that, right. that, that maybe he hired... A Dairy Queen insider. Maybe. Show me how to make this blended ice cream with candy. Maybe the Dairy King. I'll give you a hint. It involves a candy, ice cream, and a blender. (laughs) Maybe the Dairy King. Maybe the Dairy King. Yes, he had an unfortunate breakup with the Dairy Queen. Oh, my gosh. And said, that's it. He changed his name, though. We know this already. To the Burger King. (laughs) All right. That was... was, was, (laughs) All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. Please make sure you tell your friends and family and colleagues about the podcast. Please remember to subscribe 
um, and like the, uh, the episode. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Understanding the Law Radio. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. We're available anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, including Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again. See you next time.